0: I can never remember. Do we start the music and then come in? Yes, we do. I remember now. Yes. So I switch over to this screen. And here we go. gentlemen, we are back with Stadia Cast, episode nine. Before we get started, we, resor- we, rec- we record this show live uh, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern over at youtube.com StadiaCast. If you want to leave a voicemail for the show, uh, go on over to runjumpstomp.com slash voicemail from any device, and we may even play it on the show. If you want to su- support the show directly, support StadiaCast head over to anchor.fm slash StadiaCast and click the support this podcast link for as little as a dollar you can help Lloyd and I create future episodes of StadiaCast speaking of Lloyd there he is right there what's up Lloyd
1: not much Bill it's i um, ready to talk some Stadia uh, although although it's maybe not as much uh, as newsy as we thought it would be this close to E3
0: well I think that today's pretty newsy um Shh.
1: Sure, not, it's indirectly related to Stadia Newsy.
0: Yeah, okay, that's, that's the big, right. The we, big we've news heard... is not Stadia news. <laughs> the, yes, the big Stadia news this week is not Stadia news. And if that confuses you, <laughs> then hang on and listen for more of the show. Uh, before we get there, we've got a main discussion that we want to we want to talk about. Uh, a question that Lloyd and I have been have been uh, thinking about, and I've been thinking about it a lot this week. Especially, I, I talked to. Well, we'll get into that later, but um, do we want Stadia to be a curated platform or an open store like Steam? So in the beginning, Steam was a very heavily curated platform and only certain things could get uh, on. And now it's like the Wild West where anything and everything can be found on Steam. And that's our main discussion for this week. Lloyd, where do you land on this?
1: You know, uh, I've kind of I've kind of waffled back and forth um, over over the years um, from when I started doing a um, an. Apple pod an Apple game store. So for iOS games and, and whatnot podcast, I, I was super happy that the iOS store was open enough that people could spend their $100 and make a game for, um, for iPhones, but not crazy enough where they can just do the wild west. That was Android. Cause uh, I had some friends with Android phones. They would download apps they'd get malware. They'd have like Bitcoin miners in the background. And I'm just like, Oh, I love curated stores. It's so good. Even though ios isn't really curated but it it was a little bit more protective there was a lot more limits uh to what could happen Uh, and then as as i got uh, as things moved and progressed a little bit more i became really annoyed that there were certain games that i wanted and they weren't coming to apple because apple was doing some controlling stuff and it's like oh okay well i need to get like an android tablet so i could play this game uh and then i gave up on that whole mobile game stuff uh for for the most part but i've kind of seen both sides of it and um consoles like generally are very closed you have to apply to get a development license to get that development license you have to usually give them a demo or have a um a publisher that is working with you that can that can get you onto the system it's not like apple or or uh, steam where you pay a small chunk of money and then you can get development license and then you can release your stuff on it um And that's usually a good thing, Uh, although it does lead to what happened the last few generations on the Nintendo platforms where you get really no games uh, that are released on it like there's very few that are allowed to release Wii and wii u titles digitally and then um the switch has kind of changed that um and and then you look at steam which is kind of like the wild west which is more more akin to kind of like the android app store sort of method where you pay your money and you can release pretty much anything that you want and we don't really care Um, I kind of hope Stadia falls kind of in the middle um, where it's not as restrictive as, say, becoming a PlayStation developer or an Xbox developer or a Nintendo developer. But it's not the Wild West of like the Android App Store, where as a developer, I have to make an application to Google and say, I would like to release a game. Um, Maybe I have previous game experience or game development experience on Google Um, android or on ios that i can show them uh, but that there has to be some sort of process to be able to release the software on it not crazy not not like getting a playstation development license crazy um, but something that is a little bit more than just any old guy can throw up or girl can throw up uh, a code um onto google stadia and then have it available to people I, i want a little bit more control just to cut down on the on the amount of kind of I don't know, garbage that kind of filters its way into all the good games, because if you try to look for a game on Steam right now, it's almost impossible because there's a million games on Steam and that could be a problem as we move forward with Stadia.
0: Yeah, there's like 50 games released on Steam a day. And that's Mm -hmm. that's probably that that was what uh, uh, I spoke to uh, a developer recently and they were telling me their their perspective on it because we were talking about the whole Epic Store versus um versus Steam and so far it seems like Epic is very curated and that that kind of uh experience is very attractive to a developer because that means that people can find your stuff when when I go into the Steam store unless I know the name of the game that I'm looking for, I I, I just don't, don't I don't shop around, I don't window shop, um, and that's that's something you can do on a curated platform. You can kind of scroll through and see, oh, this looks interesting, but at the end of the day, when you when you start getting this many games on a platform, it becomes unusable in a it, like by by consumers like I can't go on steam and just kind of look for something because there's just so much cruft out there you know there's like this needle in a haystack syndrome and you just can't find anything uh, and it, and that just makes me never search for it I just wait until somebody tells me that there's a really good game and then I go look for that specific game um, right. I think I think that at the begin I I think what's best for everybody is at the very beginning, and, and I don't know that this'll work the right way, but if at the very beginning it's very restricted, and over time it becomes less and less restricted. Because yeah. Google is really like I I use Google Music. Do you use what do you use? Uh, Use Spotify. Spotify, okay. I don't know how good Spotify is at this, but Google Music is very good at picking songs that I like based on other songs that I like. And Mm -hmm. if they can apply that algorithm to video games, and I don't expect them to be able to do this right off the bat, but if they you know if if at first it's very curated and they start to see okay bill really likes this kind of game bill likes games from this developer uh, bill really likes games that use a controller doesn't really care for mouse and keyboard stuff very much and if they can start taking all of those little clues with their their ai which is where google focuses is on ai if they can take all of those little clues and build a bill profile that says This is the kind of stuff that Bill likes. Let's recommend stuff to him. At the beginning, have it very restricted so that they can build those profiles. And then over time, start to open up the store so that more and more stuff comes in. But because they've got a good Bill profile, they get really good at recommending stuff to me. Steam is terrible at recommending stuff. I open up Steam and it's like, Would you like this crazy hentai game? And I'm like, No, I don't know why you would think that. I don't own any games like that. Um maybe that because one? how
1: about these other thousand uh crazy hentai games? Right. No, I don't want them to there.
0: <laughs> and it just keeps recommending these like tons of games. And like mm-hmm. I have played exactly one horror game, maybe two horror games in the last decade. Uh, Alien Isolation, and I played a little bit of Layers of Fear. Now, Alien Isolation, I adored. I thought it was amazing. One of my favorite games of all time. Uh, Layers of Fear, I I streamed it one day, never played it again. I didn't really enjoy it. And Steam is constantly saying, hey, you you like horror games? And I'm like, no, I I don't really like horror games. I always I always want to like horror games, but I never really like them. So I I just if unless Google can nail the algorithm of recommending games to me, I want it to be extremely curated. And otherwise, I want it to be uh like a wide wide open, but much further down the road um right do you think that that censorship is something that we want like do we want them to say you know what we're not going to put this game on because we find it offensive
1: um i i think um google has a, a like youtube itself has um some strict guidelines Very strict. for what is appropriate and what isn't um which is really interesting when you look towards video games because google uh or sorry youtube i keep seeing google youtube doesn't allow nudity um because for obvious reasons kids mm-hmm. watch it um and it's not something that they want but then you can stream like i don't know uh oh, I three can't even think of a game Witcher three. There you go. That's a perfect example. You can stream that on on Google and upload your videos and it's fine. Um, So it's going to be really interesting to see how how they do it. I I think they want to be censored in such a way where you don't want hate speech. You don't want any of the crazy steam things where it's like um, uh, like someone someone has uh, shoots up a school and then there's the school shooting simulators that appear like Mm -hmm. two weeks later on steam. And it happens every time. And it's disgusting you don't want that garbage on on stadia um but you you also don't want to um uh, other than those crazy things you don't want to impact um sort of the, the developers and the writers vision um by saying well no you can't have this you can't have that um kind of like what apple does uh in somewhat in some forms where they're very um they they'd say well you can't have this symbol you can't have this theme as part of your game they've lightened up a little bit but i remember um early on where that was a problem if you wanted to have a game that had some a little bit of m- mature stuff in it you couldn't do it on ios i i really don't want stadia to do that um but yeah you want to keep the kind of the crazy um simulators that are just there to um to troll and to get uh people talking on on 4chan um you want that garbage um off of the stadia store
0: yeah i, I agree i well I don't know if I agree. like I won't play any of those games. I don't want any of those games. I'm not interested in any of those games, but at the same time, I feel like I you know I, I, I like free speech. I like mm-hmm. I like free speech enough that I will defend what you have to say, even if I hate what you're saying. You know what I mean right? So if I think you're a yep. complete <laughs> heel, and I don't want to hear what you have to say. I still think you should be allowed to say it. And, you know, video games are a form of art and art can be construed as free speech. So, God, I don't know where I land on this. It's it's like, yeah, uh, it's Sophie's choice. Like, <laughs> I, I can't make that decision. And I feel like I shouldn't be able to make that decision for somebody else, too
1: sure it's i i I feel the exact same way as you i i i'm a free speech guy as well um i'm not american um but uh, i'm canadian and we do we do a free speech up here as well but but free speech doesn't mean free from consequences as well like if you stand in the middle of a mall and you start yelling out uh, like racist terms you're going to be asked to leave that mall and it'll be the same thing like google stadia you're in the stadia mall so let's let's take let's take the most egregious and crazy stuff and just just Get rid of it uh, because people don't need to see that. Sure, you have the right to say it. Go say it in your own basement. Um, do that stuff, uh, but it doesn't need to be made available for the young kids to glom onto and then uh, become the the idiots on on message boards that 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 spout that that kind of hate garbage. And that's how I feel personally, um, but I know there's a lot of people that are that are more no free speech trumps all, and and I get that as well. I, I get that um, that mentality as well, hundred percent.
0: And actually, I, I feel like I more agree with you on this, that um, Stadia saying that you can't have your game on their platform is not an infringement on your free speech. Free speech protects you from the government, not from a, a company who's, who's, uh, whose services you're using. So if you get banned right. for being a, a jerk hole, then, you know, that's that's the consequences. And And that's I right. like that. How would you feel if Stadia required like uh, authentication for your age if you wanted to play games that are rated M like you had like okay, so for instance, um, I my son um, has a Gmail account. Um, and when when we made his Gmail account, I'm the parent. I had to prove, because he is under a certain age, I I, because I put in his birthday, I had to prove that it was okay with me that he have an account. And in order to do that, I had to take a picture of my driver's license and send it to Google. And Google verified it and then gave him his email account, which I can monitor if I want to. Um, How would you feel if Google said, if you want to play a rated M game, (laughs) on stadia then you have to have parental permission and that parental permission has to be verified by a driver's license uh would your would your stance on the whole thing change if it was a lot more restricted
1: (sighs) yeah see I, i don't really know because right now um youtube isn't that way and they so they don't really have that um possibility i mean i guess there's the the youtube kids apps and things like that where it will basically only give you the 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 kiddie channels and you put that on on your kid's tablet and and they can watch whatever video they want um i i don't know i don't know how you enforce that um to be honest um like currently in canada if you want to buy a rated m game um it's not it's not like law of the land um but if you go into like an eb games up here um and you try to buy a rated M game and you're obviously 12, they're not going to let you buy it. They're going to say, no, you need to have a parent here or you need to be 18. So even though it's not law, uh, the game stores are being smart about how to give this game, uh, to, to minors, um, because as they should no no 12 year old kids should be playing uh, GTA. Although in my son's class in like grade five, all the kids were playing GTA and he's like, I want to play that. And I'm like, you're not playing that. You can play that in another six years, maybe. Um, I don't know how you do that digitally. Um, Google knows enough about me where I don't really want to give them my driver's license. Um, Not that driver's license is is an overly sensitive document. It's not like a birth certificate or anything. Um, But personally, I don't know if I want to give them that data. Um, But yeah, I I don't know. That's, That's a really tough question. I would love there to be more restrictions because my kids go on youtube right now and they can they can watch people play games or they go to twitch and they can watch them play games that um i i would never let them play um and there's no way to kind of restrict that um well there, there are ways but not easy ways it's not built into kind of like the browsing experience and stuff
0: like yeah, that the so. only way for you to do that is to be sitting there with them and be like I don't want you to watch this one. And, and you got to give the kid a little space. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so like my son was watching yep. somebody the other day when he had one of his friends over and his friend said, Oh, go to this Twitch channel. So he did. And, um, like the guy was like swearing up a storm and I, I, I was walking past and I was like, you need to shut that off right now. So they mm-hmm. shut it off and, And, uh, you know, I was like, you know, the ones that you're allowed to watch. So I listed off the ones that I have previously watched and said, you can watch these people. They're okay. Um, watch them. And if you can't watch them, then, or if you don't want to watch them, then you're not watching anything. Uh, that's what you can watch on Twitch. That's what you can watch on YouTube. And, uh, his friend looked at me like I had like a, uh, horn growing out of my, 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 my face. He was like, Really? Your dad makes sure that you don't watch this stuff. That's insane to me. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I would I I don't care if Google has my driver's license. The idea that they don't already have my my driver's license (laughs) information is, I I think, almost a little naive. I'm pretty sure that they have all that information. I mean, they send me money from my YouTube channel, a couple cents every month, you know, So, or you know, after six, seven months, it builds up to a certain amount of money. And then they're like, Hey, here's your, here's your surprise check. And I'm like, Hey, cool. So they already (laughs) have like my bank account information and they have all of my emails and all of this other stuff. So I'm not worried about sharing that information, but what I would really like Stadia to do as far as streaming is like, this is something that I've always wanted to be on Twitch that that's just not been a, a feature. And that is sort by age rating for the name yeah. of the game that you're playing and let the streamer set a, an, an age rating for their stream, too. So let's say that I am streaming a game. I can say, well, you know, what? I'm E for everyone because I don't swear on right. my on my show. And if I do swear, then I use my bleep. Like that, Uh, you know, because it's funnier, Uh, and because you know people watch their watch my shows, they watch them with their kids in the room, and I want them to feel like it's okay for them to watch it with their kids in the room. So I would like it if the streamers could say, "Okay, my rating is E for everyone, and today I'm playing this game which is rated T for teen." Whichever of those two things is higher, that's what goes into. That's what should go into. when I want to sort by and I go, okay, I'm going to sort by rated T for teen. It blocks out everything that's higher than that. Um, I I really wish that Twitch would do something like that. And uh, I I wish that YouTube would do something like that. And here's their chance with Stadia is, you know, if they did something like that, I would be really, really impressed. And And then if they know how old you are, and yes, the kid could just steal the driver's license, take a picture of it and send it in. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, Something else that they can do to verify is um, they put a deposit in your bank account. You give them your bank routing number and they deposit a penny in your account or a certain amount. It's like a random amount, less than a a dollar. And then you tell them how much they did and then they verified that you're an adult. But, you know, I, I would love it if there was a way for Google to verify the age of the person who's who's using the surface, the service, and either make sure that I, as the parent, have the 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 ability to easily say, uh, I know that he's ten, but I'm going to say T for T, T games are okay, or I know that he's ten, but if he wants to play Overwatch on Stadia, I can click a button. And and he can say, sure. oh, OK, he can play Overwatch on this. Um, I would like that to be an option as well as when the when the when somebody sits down to watch a streamer to have it filter that stuff out. I think that that would be really amazing. And I think it would really help in the end. What do you think about that idea?
1: Yeah, I, I, I would love that, uh, like especially if you're signing up as a parent um, and you create a family account for Stadia, say it's a streaming service or say there's a store account, something that you have to create and then you can create child accounts and you could limit the games that they could play and view. That would be fantastic um, from a parent because I'm the same as you. I control the YouTube channels that my kids have access to. So um, I'll, every once in a while, my son will be watching a YouTube channel and I'll be like, who is that? And he's like, oh, it's this one. And I'm like, we didn't watch that together. So we used to sit down, and watch a video together, but he, he's into Minecraft. So he watches a lot of Minecraft, like Redstone tutorial videos. So some of them link to other ones. And he knows if there's a lot of like F-bombs being dropped, that's when you kind of like you walk away, you don't, you don't watch that garbage. And he's, he's okay with that. But if I could just set it from, um, from a menu saying uh, my son can play games up to, um, T or or up to whatever the other i can't even rem- remember the ratings which is terrible as apparent um but whatever the the rating is before m um say no it's uh, t. Sen- t is before m it's just t and then m there's nothing in the middle
0: um I well remember. i think in, pe- in the peggy system they have a more granular uh, structure right. but in the in the esrb system it's not as granular
1: Sure. Yeah. So maybe if they had a, a Peggy like system, even where I could have a little bit more control over that, or even just um, you can play any game team below. And then if you play something else, I get a little pop up on my phone saying uh, your son is trying to play blah. Do you allow that? And you hit yes or no. Something like that would be great because uh, so many parents that I talk to, they don't know what their kids play and they, they basically just buy their kids PSN funds and say here, go buy a game or whatever and then you find out that they're playing like the the latest murder simulator and and it's like did you know that there's gunplay and there's like like graphic violence they're like no i didn't know that he doesn't play games when i'm around and then they go look and they're like oh my god this kid's playing this this and this um having a little bit more control over that would just be good for parents everywhere um of course kids watching this are really angry at me right now but um, <laughs> I, I i like to subscribe. Uh, Yeah, exactly. But I, I, I'm I'm actually very liberal with what I allow my kids to play. Like they were playing, uh, I played halo with my son, uh, together with him co-op when he was like eight or something, (laughs) whatever, whatever age it was when the Xbox one came out and seven maybe. Um, and, and and I mean, I'm okay with stuff like that. Uh, but then there is some topics which I don't want him to have access to. So be able to have a little bit more control would be a very good thing.
0: I, I totally agree. Uh, and I, you know, to be clear, I don't I don't restrict my son solely based on the rating of the game. I play the game and I say, "Oh, exactly. Okay. Well, this one's okay because I mean, he's been playing Overwatch since forever, it feels like. And mm-hmm. Overwatch is rated T for teen and he he's turning 11 soon. Um so he's clearly not a teen, but I figure Overwatch is fine. Like there's nothing there's nothing yeah. just like but, but then like, I wouldn't let him play doom where you rip demons in half with a chainsaw. But on the other hand, I'm okay with him playing Diablo just because right. the perspective is different and it doesn't feel as, is, is bad. I don't know. I, I just like to be able to have that, that freedom of choice, but mm-hmm. also the freedom to lock things down if I want to. And, uh, Google, <laughs> if you're listening and you should be because it's a good podcast, um, you know. Do you implement it? That's a free one from Bill and Lloyd. All right, let's take a second to thank our sponsors, and then we'll come back and talk about the news. When it comes to space games, nobody compares to Atari. Excuse me, have you compared them to Intellivision? television? Sure, they've got great space games, like Intellivision Space Battle. I didn't know. Well, this is something that I didn't know. Did, did this story surprise you, this first story about Microsoft and Sony? Um,
1: I actually thought it was April Fools, and I missed it somehow. Um, and it was just an old story from April Fools because this is cats and dogs living together, the bizarre worlds. I just don't understand what what is going on here.
0: Why don't you tell everybody uh, what the the, the, the <laughs> tell everybody the non-april Fools joke
1: well, all of a sudden I was reading Twitter and uh, a tweet from Microsoft came up and it has uh, it has a, a Sony exec and a Microsoft exec smiling and shaking hands and the tweet says we're collaborating with Sony to explore new cloud solutions for gaming and content streaming read more and it links to a Microsoft news article and I'm like what these are the two biggest competitors I understand Microsoft working with Nintendo because Microsoft doesn't have a portable game system so it's like hey let's give the portable let's give some of our games to the portable and we don't have to develop a Game Boy. Um, But for Microsoft and Sony to want to work together, it's just, it's crazy to me. But then you look at kind of what happens in the industry and you have Sony works with Apple and works with Microsoft because they sell components for the different systems. So they're, they're working with each other, but maybe not on like a game, um, like game specific working together. Um, But yeah, this, this, this just, made me shake my head and scratch it a little bit and and wonder what the heck is happening because i never thought in a million years that microsoft and sony would be working together on a cloud streaming service essentially is what they're what they're alluding to um and uh yeah i just i don't know what to think about it because it's uh crazy
0: there's a quote from the article it says under the memorandum of, I, I i love the language that they used for this it's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> Under the Memorandum of Understanding, signed by the parties, the two companies will explore joint development of future cloud solutions in Microsoft Azure to support their respective games and content streaming services. In addition, the two companies will explore the use of current Microsoft Azure data center-based solutions for Sony's game and content streaming services by working together the companies aim to deliver more enhanced entertainment experiences for their worldwide customers. These efforts will also include building better development platforms for the content creator community. Sony and Microsoft will also explore collaboration in the areas of semiconductors and AI. Now, this what this really should have read as um, is Sony and Microsoft saw Google's announcement and they said, Oh, damn. Uh, we need to make sure that we're not caught flat footed. And (laughs) I know that Mike, or, or maybe this was planned all along. Who knows? I, you know, there's no way for us to know. Um, but Sony and Microsoft are working together this, I I think I saw venture beat post something about this, this, um, what's the, not verifies this, um, I can't think of the word that I'm looking for, but this validates, there we go. This validates what Google Stadia is doing right now, because sure. this is, this is basically showing, uh, look, the, the, the current leaders in the industry are reacting to Google. And that seems really, really huge. Now, as far as, you know, these two companies working together, um, I'm more surprised that Sony is willing to do this than Microsoft. Microsoft, they're always um, willing to cooperate. I I always feel like Microsoft puts making money ahead of winning every single time. They always do. Um, That's why they're willing to cooperate with Nintendo. That's why they are doing this, because they're going to be making money on the Azure stuff. So Sony might be using Microsoft's xCloud platform in order to stream their games. And we don't know if that's exactly what's happening, Uh, but let's just imagine that it is. Sony uses xCloud platform in order to stream their games to consumers. So they're on equal footing with um, Microsoft and they're on equal footing with um, Google. And (laughs) Microsoft probably makes money on that deal. And if the money that they make is enough for them to say, you know what? Let's just go ahead. I don't care if if PlayStation does better than Microsoft because we're just here to make money. We don't have to win. Same reason why Microsoft approached the developers of Cuphead and said, can you port your game to the Switch and we'll publish it? Because Microsoft understands that if that game sells and Microsoft is the publisher, then Microsoft gets money. And it's not about beating Nintendo. It's about using Nintendo to make money. So this is about Microsoft using Sony to make money and to kind of tamp down on Google's clout in the industry, its upcoming clout in the industry. Uh, I think that this is really surprising, but at the same time the thing that surprises me most is that Sony is willing to work with anybody because they always seem to be the company that wants to win before they do anything else.
1: Right. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Like when, um, Satya Nadella, um, um, became the the ceo of microsoft microsoft really changed the way they do business like back in the day it was like okay if you you're, the world runs on microsoft office if you want office you need a windows pc and we're not we're not releasing windows or a microsoft office on anything else and then there was the big deal that was signed with apple and it's like okay you can't do it anywhere else except on apple but their version sucks and you want the version that's on ours anyway um but with the new ceo that's changed like there's they they want to bring the software to wherever the people are. So um, there's uh, Office 365. Exchange is not limited to Windows PCs anymore. Um, they started their Azure cloud and and all of that document sharing um, services that they were coming out with and and the ability for people to rent server space and and all this stuff. They just want money. They don't care where it comes from. And and that is a a, a better way for Microsoft to do business instead of saying you need to have a Windows PC. It needs to have this CPU and it needs to run this software, and that's the only way that you're going to be our customer. Um, they're they're moving away from that, which um, which is really good for for their longevity. I mean, they've they their market market cap has gone up uh, considerably since uh, the last CEO because well, they're putting their software everywhere. They're it's like here, yeah, buy buy our stuff. We're going to give you Windows, sure, why not? We don't we don't want to sell Windows every three years. We'll just update it constantly. Um, just a, a different mentality of doing it. And for them to want to work with Sony uh, is is the one step I didn't think they would do <laughs> just because they are trying to compete on on the game thing. But it, it all, to me, it almost seems like Microsoft is thrown in the towel of the Xbox being the one console that everybody's going to have. It's just like, sure, you can either buy an Xbox or you can play the game on your PC. You can do whatever you want. We don't care. Just play our games. We love our games. We're buying all these development studios so you can play our games. We're good guys. Um which is a very different Microsoft where they wanted to kill all the competition and have all the exclusives and, and all the stuff that was happening in the game industry be focused on Microsoft Xbox. That's why so, they
0: called it Xbox One. It was the one box you needed. And I make this joke all the time. We know what the next PlayStation is going to be called. It's the PS5. And now we know what the the next Xbox is going to be called. It's the Xbox whatever. And it's not because it's we don't know the name. It's because they're like, nah, Whatever. We just want your money. It's okay.
1: That's right. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, and, I interrupted. And, and no, please feel free. Like that. That's exactly what it is. Um, and for them to work with Microsoft, or Sony rather to work with Microsoft is, like you said, the biggest surprise because they are, uh, they're the people that didn't want to do cross crossplay uh, because oh, the best experience is on Sony. It's like well, no, the best experience is be able to play with my friend if they own a Switch and I own a PS4. That's the best experience. Um, and they're they're. Letting up a little bit on that, um, but for them to, to make a deal with the devil just shows how Google coming into the industry really scared them. And PS Now is a thing and it works kind of. Um, but if you can have more data centers for the streaming service, uh, your streaming service is going to be better. And that's really the one complaint with uh, PlayStation Now is that it's bad. Um, I've played it. I, I bought a year membership when it was first out there and I played Probably about a dozen different games. Uh, So uh, I didn't really get good value for my money. And half the time it was just it, it was a experience in frustration the whole time. Like I'd be playing a Lego game with my kids and it would just stop. And it'd be like, oh, sorry, network issues and didn't save all the stuff just kind of got ruined. Um, our gameplay as we're going through a level and you can't have that if you're bringing out a streaming service to the masses. So hopefully this partnership will help with that. Um, but then who knows, maybe Cuphead's going to be coming to PlayStation five um, if, if Microsoft wants to work with Sony. And if Sony is really going to be OK with that, um, this could change the industry Um at its core. Um, And all it took was Google dipping its toe into the gaming world to kind of get all these uh, companies kind of scrambling and trying to do other things.
0: A shiver went up their spine when Google made that announcement. And I think that, you know, the one thing that Microsoft and Sony have that that Google doesn't have yet is they have IP. Uh, But that is slowly changing. Uh, Take two Uh, At a recent um, uh, Strauss Zelnick, he's the CEO, I think, of Take-Two Interactive. Uh, He said that they're going to be supporting Google Stadia. He said, uh, here's the quote, you know, whoops, let's not play with that. I dropped something. Uh, You know the promise of being able to sign on to a Surface with virtually no barriers, without a box in between, and being able to play our games on any device whatsoever around the world, and to do it with low latency? Well, that's very compelling if that can be delivered. And the folks at Google minimally have said it will be delivered and will be delivered in a relatively short order. Conceptually, we want to be where the consumer is and we'll support new entrants into, I'm sorry, new entrants and we are a believer in streaming services. He added, Again, you know we need to have business models that make sense for us. So far, we're pretty optimistic. And I love the idea that, I mean, Take-Two, that's some big games. Civilization, um, NBA 2K, uh, Lloyd's favorite game, WWE 2K, um, (laughs) Bioshock. I love Bioshock. I'm sure we'll have Bioshock released again. Mafia, XCOM, GTA, Borderlands, Red Dead. These are all 2K games. And um, I think that there's going to be a lot of people who are very, very excited to to hear that Take Two is doing this. So now we've got uh, Bobby Kotick from Blizzard said we're mm-hmm. we're bullish on Stadia. We've got Take Two saying that they're bullish on Stadia. Um, obviously Ubisoft and and uh, Google are holding hands all the time. It seems like uh, so those are three massive, massive developers. Um, I don't i i don't see us getting epic games uh because they want to have their own store but at the same time right. they just want to make money too I, i'm not sure um who who else are you I, I think we also heard that ea was talking about uh bringing their stuff to stadia so that seems right. like all the big ones right who's yeah, left out yeah,
1: definitely definitely I can't think of one um, off the top that, that wouldn't uh, bring their stuff or ha- already hasn't announced that they are going to bring their stuff. Uh, it seems like if 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 you're a developer, you want to or if you're a publisher, rather, you want to bring your games to all the platforms if, if feasible. And the way that Stadia makes things easy um, with having the one hardware uh, version that millions of people all over the world can have access to, um, I think that it's a kind of a no-brainer. So if you're releasing Assassin's Creed 7, you're going to release it on Xbox 2 and PS5 and Switch Pro, but you're also going to release it on Stadia um, because why not? It's just a, a couple extra button, button presses to set up the project and then you have to obviously make it work with that hardware. Um, but it, it just makes sense to, to, to bring it out there. Um, so for all these companies to say, yeah, we love Stadia, totally makes sense. Although um, when the Switch was announced, uh, you had all these companies saying, yeah, it's it's very exciting for the industry, and we're going to investigate releasing games on the Switch. And it took the Switch being a hit for a lot of these companies to say, oh crap, we got to get some games on on that system. So it'll be interesting to see kind of what is available at launch and what's available in like kind of the six month launch window if these um, major developers and publishers are going to be bringing their stuff uh, over to Stadia as well.
0: But when you compare the Switch to Stadia, the Switch is a less powerful platform. So a lot more work has to go into porting those things over to the Switch than it would for Stadia, which is clearly a more powerful platform because they have that elastic computing. I think Google took some (laughs) seminars from Apple as far as naming things because they're starting to understand how that works. So um, Google has their elastic computing where it just scales up and keeps getting better and better and better. And um, I think that that is far more attractive, uh, especially since the developers themselves don't have to worry about the barrier to entry of a purchase of a device, um, mm-hmm. just play on the device that you have. That's very, very attractive. Microsoft and Sony clearly understand the attractiveness here, and uh, I, I think that I think that Stadia is is really in a good place to to possibly uh, take off. Uh, Trz, I don't know, Reactor uh, says in chat, but Microsoft are out to be the service provider. Look how many game development studios they own. Havoc, Simply Gone, uh, Visual Studio, it goes on. They just want to sell services. And that's kind of responding to our previous story. Yeah, Microsoft just wants to sell services because they understand that if you sell, um, if you sell things, then you sell that thing and you're done with it. Uh, whereas if you that's sell right. a service that customers continually giving you money over and over and over again that's a much better business model for Microsoft thank you for that addition trz reactor and yes hello by the way um <laughs> uh anything to add before we jump into feedback
1: uh no i don't think so i just think yeah it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see kind of where all these um publishing um companies the publishers um are when the stadia gets released what what the reception is going to be um personally i think it's going to be if you can if you can uh, agree or you can get google to agree to get your game on the system they're going to want to have their game there at launch um they want to they want to be there for the the initial offering of stadia um but it'll be interesting to see um i i think i think we're going to be surprised <laughs> chainsaw speaking of chainsaws (laughs) oh my god
0: uh motorcycle (laughs) boy going by really fast (laughs) i'm recording today with the window open because it's beautiful out and i don't care sorry guys um uh one last thing before we get to feedback gta uh what what year did gta come out grand theft auto 5 do you know i think it was six
1: years ago i want to say six years ago
0: something In the top 10, like you go to Amazon and you get rid of all of the gift cards and controllers, and you just look at the video games, still in the top 10. Uh, I checked yesterday, it was in, uh, it was number eight uh, uh, on, uh, for PS4 on Amazon. I looked at Steam and it was in the top 10 of games played that yesterday on Steam. So, man, oh man, to have GTA on stadia is a big get for google and sure for civilization like can you imagine any any device that you sit down at is your is is your save for civilization you open it up you play your two three turns you shut it back down, you go do whatever it is that you got to do. You're standing in line at the drugstore, you pull out your phone, you do a couple of turns on civilization, you put that away, you get home, you do it up on your giant 4k 60 inch TV. And then uh, you go to work, you're at your lunch, and you pull out your Chromebook, and you're doing a couple of turns on civilization. Like, uh, I think that we are going to lose a lot of people to civilization everywhere uh when it comes to stadia because that just sounds like a really really good experience all right let's let's switch over to feedback uh if you want to get a hold of the show we are at stadia cast and use the hashtag and or use the hashtag stadia cast because lloyd and i have a lot of shows and it helps us filter uh filter stuff for certain shows um Maxime, who was actually uh, here last week when we were recording, they said, By the way, I don't know if you already know it, but it is confirmed by the agency that manages Stadia communication in France that Stadia will not be at E3 or won't have a booth, at least. Now, I looked at the... uh, When I was recording Run Jump Stomp on... Friday, I was recording and and we had a long discussion about all the booths that were were going to be at E3 because the official floor plans have been launched. And sure enough, Google is nowhere to be found on there. However, there were a couple of unnamed booths, but I don't think that Google needs to waste money on a booth when they can just make an announcement. Um, You know what I mean? What do you you think about Google going to E3 at all? Maybe we (coughs) won't see him there at all.
1: Yeah, I didn't think they would have a booth um, just uh, because it's it's not really a thing yet, Um, but um, they could do kind of like what Microsoft does where they had like the, the the place across the street. Uh, we're going to have all these events and 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 things like that. I, I could see Google doing something like that. I could see them doing one of their uh, Nintendo Direct like uh, videos um, around E3 to announce um, game announcements and give a, a better idea of what the service is going to look like. Like it's it's the week for gaming news. It would It would be a shame if they missed it. But. We also thought that Google I.O. would would have a splash with Stadia and that didn't happen. There was developer stuff, um, which you would expect at a, at I.O., um, but there wasn't uh, there wasn't the big uh, splash like, oh, yeah, we're getting into game streaming. Here you go. Here's the latest and greatest running on our hardware. Um, that didn't happen. So, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting, man. Uh, I, I do think we're going to get a video and I think you're going to get publishers during their um, stage shows talking about how they're releasing um I don't know, pick a game that that's coming out in the next six months saying, yeah, we're also going to be on Google Stadia and you'll be able to play it in any browser and any phone and any TV that you own. Um, I think that's probably where we're going to get most of the Google Stadia
0: news. Almost like Google's going to let everybody else do their marketing for them, you know, and, and yeah. having a booth doesn't make a lot of sense for Google. Mm-hmm. Not only does is it really expensive. I know Google's got buckets of cash, but that's money that you don't have to spend, uh, especially because it's not a very good environment for something that is dependent on really good internet. Yes, I'm sure that they have yeah. really good internet there, but there's also a billion people there. They're all using it all at the same time, and that's just going to cause problems. And exactly. Google doesn't yeah. want to—the experience of using it at a conference is going to be worse than the experience of using it at your house if you have a decent internet connection or a good internet connection because right. at a conference yeah, would- there's just so much interference go ahead lloyd
1: they would be uh, they they Set up a bunch of development kits is essentially what they would have to do. So you wouldn't be playing on the cloud. You'd be playing on a computer that's like three feet of wire away from the screen that you're on would probably be how they would have to do that. They wouldn't be able to use Wi-Fi for the controller. Like there's just things that they wouldn't be able to show. and yeah, it d- doesn't make sense for them to have a booth presence because what is Stadia? It's not a box. It's not, it, it's not this fancy thing that you can show off. It's, it's a service. It would be like YouTube having a, a, a booth at E3 for other YouTube gaming stuff. It just, I, I think it doesn't make sense, but if they don't have a video, at least showing some of their, their game announcements, uh, I'll be very, very surprised, but we also predicted the io stuff so i guess i i I should be okay with being surprised when it comes to google stadia
0: i guarantee that they will have a video at e3 or right after e3 i guarantee it and i'm willing to be wrong but that's okay Okay. anthony talcott uh sent us in two questions you want to read that first one
1: Sure. Uh, so um, Anthony Talcott says, I was using Chrome Remote Desktop, and it's still very slow compared to its competitors, which is TeamViewer. So I can't help but uh, but doubt whether or not Stadia will be the smoothness uh, we all want it to be. Um, so he's talking about um, Chrome Remote Desktop being able to, um, I guess, I've never used that service, um, but that's to access um a, a remote desktop um on a pc or is it only for chrome books i'm not sure it um, allows you a little bit
0: if, if you have chrome installed on a pc and you turn it on and then you can be at another pc or at a chromebook and you can access that pc remotely
1: okay okay so i've never used that i'm gonna have to look into that because that sounds exciting actually um but yeah th- this is different because this is um this is like any any sort of remote desktop you're it's not the same as YouTube. So you're running a client on a PC. That client is capturing the video of your screen. It's compressing it, using your CPU to do that and send a video feed uh, over to uh, another computer. Um, A lot of times it's not sending a video feed, it's sending window uh, directions. So it's like create a window here and then put this image in it. Like there's a lot of weird stuff that um, remote desktop does. Um, It's better now than it used to be. Um, But... That is different because if you say load up YouTube on one of your machines and then load up YouTube on another machine, and if the service is different between the two, well, that's kind of the service difference you're going to get between Stadia because it's all coming from YouTube. It's not, it's not coming from your own PC that has to use its own CPU and its own GPU to create a H.264 video feed, highly compressed and send it off uh, over, over your internet connection to your other PC. So the two aren't really the same. And because it, it's running on your pc it's not running in youtube it's not running in google servers
0: that that's right and you're you might have a bad upload speed most places at least here in the u.s and i don't know what it's like in canada but most places or or services when you sign up for internet uh you get a higher download speed than you do upload speed and to mm-hmm. do um chrome remote desktop which i've used it before um you you have to have a good upload speed from the source computer and if you don't have a good upload speed then that that is going to be a very poor experience um google has a good upload speed and your upload speed doesn't matter when it when it comes to stadia uh phil harrison said it, 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 he said as much he said it's like kilobits of information per second which is v- like nothing uh, it's a very very small uh, bit of information that gets sent. So I would not use Chrome Remote, remote Desktop as a good comparison to Stadia. Uh, he also sent in a another question. He said, with Xbox X Cloud and now PS5's cloud game, gaming patent, could these companies be in a better situation to handle cloud computing? Would it be possible for them to link their respective consoles together to create small servers in everyone's house? I don't think so. Um, that's not really what, what cloud computing is about. Cloud computing is not using a whole bunch of devices in order to, um, in order to accomplish a greater task and don't, you know, Anthony, I made this same mistake when the PS3 talked about their cell architecture and I misunderstood and, and got excited when I shouldn't have, but cloud just means that it's running on somebody else's hardware. It's not running on everybody else's hardware. There's a big difference there. And, uh, you know, I mean, we talked about, we spent the first half of the show talking about Xbox and PS five, um, cloud gaming. Um, I don't think they're in a better position to handle cloud gaming because they're not cloud companies and Google has been a cloud company for a very long time. They've always been a cloud company, Microsoft and and Sony are transitioning to that. Lloyd, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, uh, Azure um, did a lot of stuff for Microsoft. Um, it also had a lot of promises. I remember when the Xbox One uh, was in its pre-launch state. They're like, yeah, you're going to be able to run your heavy physics simulations in the cloud on our Azure render farm. And then we'll send that back to your console and you'll be able to blow up a whole city. And then they showed the video of like Crackdown 3, which never happened. So um, <laughs> Microsoft is very new with this whole cloud thing. They've they've been doing um, cloud services for a long time but this whole Azure cloud like renting out server space for other companies to use is, is fairly new from like when you look at the company's history it's a very small blip right at the end of the 40 years of Microsoft uh, or 30 years of Microsoft um, uh, Sony doesn't do cloud uh, to get PS now they bought two different streaming services online <laughs> right would, uh, I think it was Gaikai Gaikai, that's, um, that's right microsoft
0: bought, bought on live.
1: yeah that's right they bought uh, they bought gaikai and then they bought some other smaller thing to get some technology patent or whatever um and their service is okay it's not great so they've been doing it for like four years and it, it hasn't gotten better and the, the the reality that these companies are looking at it's like okay google is everywhere they have there's Google servers all over the Internet. Every major city um, or every every major part of the country will have a huge Google data center with servers that are sitting there to feed up your YouTube and your Google search results. Um, no other company on the world has that, not even Amazon, where AWS powers a, a huge percentage of the Internet. They don't have the same amount of of server locations all over the world. So even if Amazon was getting into the game streaming service, they wouldn't be in the same position uh, as google is initially it doesn't mean that they can't install more server farms and do all that stuff that's potentially something that they could do um but yeah that google is is kind of the only the only player in the game that can do this from uh, like a highly uh, highly focused close to the user um standpoint so for um for microsoft and xbox to to kind of work together by using your your own consoles in your house i i can't see that um multiple cpu rendering is good for like render farms um because you basically give it a job and it chunks away at that job and then sends it back uh, to the controller Um, but having a game where there's so much that is changing in the cpu and gpu and memory at all times handling that or handing that off to multiple cpus in your house um just doesn't doesn't work that well um it would be nice if you could it would actually even be nicer if you could just buy like this this major node uh, for your neighborhood and everybody could connect to it and that would be kind of <laughs> your 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 gaming uh, and i think that was everybody's idea of what the internet would be you'd you'd have these like mini internet uh proxy servers or something in in every neighborhood to speed things up uh thankfully uh we have like gigabit cable uh in our neighborhoods now and in some places the world um you don't need to have something in the middle acting as kind of like a proxy so yeah uh anyway uh, that was a very long way around to say that yeah i don't i don't think sony and microsoft working together to have mini cpus in every house would would help with the the cloud gaming because if the software is running in the cloud and you have the cpus running in your house um I don't know, the just the, the talk, the crosstalk between would slow things down more than just living with what CPU they already have in the cloud, doesn't matter how far away it is.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, before we button this up and uh, finish up the show, uh, usually Lloyd and I kind of segment the show as uh, we've got a main topic that we want to talk about. Uh, t- like today it was, what is the stores going to be like? And then we talk about the news afterwards. And I like Lloyd and I have not yet figured out what our main topic is for next week, but we have a guest for next week. So next Sunday, we've got a pretty, a pretty big guest. Uh, so I've got to figure out how to redo all of our YouTube stuff so I can make room for a third face on here, but it'll be uh, Tom Merritt <laughs> from the daily tech news show. Uh, will be joining us on our, our next episode of StadiaCast, which would be on Sunday. Now, normally we, rec- we record at 10 a.m., and I'm opening opening up my calendar to see what time we are recording on that day because I have forgotten. I have the memory of a goldfish, and that's why I write everything down. Uh, so that would be 12 p.m. Eastern. So that would be at noon Eastern because Tom is in uh, San Francisco, and uh, that would be really, really early for him to To record with us at our regular time. So uh, next week, it's going to be me, Lloyd and Tom, we'll obviously talk about all of the news. One topic that we will discuss is the hardware that Stadia is using because it it looks like we uh, right before the show went live. uh, There was some news about what uh, what hardware that uh, Google is using for Stadia, but we'll we'll also have Tom on there with us. And uh, we're really excited about that. you ready to get out of here, Lloyd? I am Bill. All right. Listen up, everybody. Follow the show on Twitter at StadiaCast. Follow me at Run Jump, stomp and follow Lloyd where. You can
1: follow me at DASME on Twitter, D-A-S-M-E, or just do a search for uh all the stuff that I do on the internet. There's a lot of it.
0: That's right. And be sure to use the hashtag StadiaCast when you talk to us so that we can filter our tweets and put them with the correct show. Uh, we would like to thank the unofficial Discord server of the official Stadia subreddit for letting people know about our show, which you can check out over at bit.ly slash Stadia Discord. Uh, don't forget, you can support our show really, really easily. Just head on over to anchor.fm StadiaCast and click the support this podcast link. And before we leave think about this music right here. It is Subterranean Kamikaze by Zircon. You can check out their stuff at zirconstudios.bandcamp.com. Lloyd, I'll see you next time, man. Bye-bye.
1: We'll see you. Have a good, have a good week, Bill.